who, in your mind, who's the starting other guard? First of all, did you say Obre Jr.? Come on, bro. It's Obre Jr. Man, get it together. First of all, you got to get the names right. Okay. You get your names right say. for all these stats well, you do? first you of all, right? you know, Anthony wants the big, everyone's got the big three. Anthony wants, like, the big ten. <laughs> five. Five would do. Just give me a starting five. What do you, what do you think, like, Okay, you know? okay. All right, stop the shenanigans. <laughs> all of a sudden. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Matter of Stats podcast. The fellas are with you. Anthony, Kobe, Billy. Gentlemen, we got an exciting pod today. What's happening? What is going on? Oh, yeah, I'm excited for this one. Big trades happening right now. We're less than 24 hours away from the trade deadline. Let's get it cracked. Yeah, for sure. This is uh, this is going to be exciting. And uh, looking forward to the next 24 hours, as Kobe said, there's a lot already going on tonight. Well, and by the time this by the time this comes out, it'd probably be only like two or three hours left because <laughs> we're yeah. putting it on the morning. So that's true. That's true. All right. Well, let's not waste any time. Let's jump right into uh, some exciting headlines here over the past week. Uh, after requesting a trade just last week, the Nets traded Kyrie Irving not to the Lakers, but to the Dallas Mavericks in exchange for Spencer Dimwitty and finney smith the dodgers they will retire fernando valenzuela's number 34 this season about time pretty cool yeah uh in the nfl billy you remember this cat aj green pro bowl wide receiver announced his retirement earlier in the week uh the nets cam thomas became the youngest player in NBA history to score 40 points in three straight games. LeBron James plays for the Lakers. He's pretty good. He finally did it. He became the NBA's all-time leading scorer, passing the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And the only headline that could possibly trump that, the Lakers finally traded Russ. (laughs) (laughs) The Lakers, Jazz, and Wolves work to complete a three-team deal that will send Russell Westbrook to Utah, Mike Conley to Minnesota, Um, D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt will head to the Lakers. There's also some, uh, obviously, draft compensation involved, second-round picks. The Lakers will give up their 2027 first-round pick, although it is protected. Also, JTA and Damian Jones are also part of the deal. They will be uh, going out as part of the uh, players and salaries to make uh, ends meet in that deal. So a lot to unpack there, gentlemen. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, let the craziness begin. (laughs) Um, Thank you to Russ for, uh, you know, coming in, playing his heart out, being available, uh, pretty much every game and uh you know unfortunately it didn't work out but uh he played his heart out for us and uh he gave it his all so uh i wish him the best moving forward yeah 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 i'll definitely second that you know i think all three of us on this pod um you know that was episode number two for us on this podcast was talking about the lakers trading for us um so that's that's been a dynamic in all of our pods um you know since then almost 100 episodes in and 
Um, I think we all definitely wanted that to work. And we all saw that passion and that heart and that effort from Russ game in and game out, um, you know, taking nothing, nothing away from Russ. Unfortunately, I just don't think that, um, you know, the, the, his style of play fits what, you know, um, we need right now and, you know, best of luck to him. So shout out Russ. Uh, but let me just say this. Cam Thomas is on Anthony's radar now. I see, huh? Never, never heard of him last week, but now he, you know, scores a couple buckets, and now Anthony's trying to acquire him. I'm sure. Well, I think uh, first of all, I put him in the trade machine a while back. Second of all, uh, he's a little, he's a little undersized for what what I like. But hey, he beat uh, Iverson's record, right? Becoming the youngest player to do that. It, it's it's history. I mean, come on, he's not just bringing it up because suddenly he's a fan and all this stuff. He just you know, it, it's a great, it's it's cool to see, you know, and uh, hopefully, maybe that's what the Nets need, and maybe he's kind of like that hidden gem that's going to come out, and you know, maybe they'll build around him and KD. Um, who knows? I, I don't know what KD's thinking right now after Kyrie got traded. So uh, I don't know. Time will tell. Um, thoughts on LeBron breaking the record? Oh yeah. LeBron. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah. Congrats LeBron. Yeah. You know, that guy, you know, that guy, LeBron. <laughs> congrats LeBron. Yeah. Yeah. That guy. LeBron. Uh, you know, like I tweeted last night, uh, what do you, moment. what do you AD all of a sudden? <laughs> oh man. Uh, don't, don't, get Billy, don't get Billy started on AD right now. Um, no, I mean, like, like I tweeted last night, you know, it was a cool moment to see, uh, you know, as basketball and Laker fans, um, you know, how could we not be appreciative and glad to see uh, something like that and witness that? Um, all of our, you know, personal feelings aside, it was a historic moment. And, uh, you know, he deserves to enjoy that moment. And uh, it was cool. I liked it. Yeah. Maybe. Congratulations to him. I mean, it's who would have thought we would see that happen in our lifetime again, you know, and then uh, who knows how long it's going to take being that he's going to be playing for another, you know, two, three years, probably. Um, I, you know, it, it was exciting. It was part of NBA history. Um, I, I, you know, grabbed my daughter real quick, brought her out and say, Hey, you know, come check this out. You know, he's about to be the NBA leading scorer and, you know, I wanted her to come out and see history. And then it was like, okay, okay go to bed. You got school. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did this. I, I did this. I did the same thing with, with uh, my son. <laughs> and, uh, she was, you get, she was genuinely excited to see it. She was, she was actually, you know, she was clapping. She was like really excited to see that. So it was really cool to see. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's something – who would have thought we would have see, seen that happen? So, um, you know, congratulations again. Yep. Um, you know, we're obviously going to talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, the Laker trade and, you know, how the, the, how the non-Kyrie trade affected what the Lakers obviously were able to do. But just kind of quickly, your thoughts on Kyrie going to Dallas? What do you think uh, that does for Dallas? I'm wait. I'm waiting to burn it all down. They're on the west, so that's perfect. You know, take takes one of our pawns out, and uh, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know how it's going to work. I have to see it to really make any judgment. Uh, you know, Luca's not playing tonight, so you know Kyrie's just out there with the guys. Last time I looked, they were had a significant lead uh, against Clippers. Um, I mean, we'll see how it works when they're yeah, both on the floor. I think they dropped forty. In the first quarter, Billy. Yeah, it was like it was like thirty-eight to yeah. something. I when I you know um, walked away from the TV. So uh, 
Um, yeah, we'll see how it works with Luca and him on the court. I mean, I'm sure, you know, they're both great players. They're going to figure out a way to make it work. Um, now, if this is a long-term thing or a rental thing for Dallas, I don't know. Uh, no one really knows because Kyrie kind of changes his mind a lot. So, um, well, it could be an interesting strategy, too, for them, right? It's like. Kyrie doesn't play. He's on a sabbatical. Luca steps in. Luca's a little hobbled. He wants to sit out. Kyrie steps in. Not that a good strategy for them? I mean, it's not bad, but I mean, who knows how long this <laughs> it's is not bad. That was a joke. Bro. We don't know how long it's going to last, but I mean, for sure, it'll make for exciting basketball for the you know second half of the season. Uh, yeah, I mean, it certainly makes them better in the wild, wild west. Um, Dallas have been searching for another star to put next to Luca. You know, since you know, since he really came into the league, and this is probably the the best you know version of of any superstar they're going to be able to get, at least in the short term. And who knows? Yeah, if it works really well, then they'll probably try to extend him. If not, then you know, I don't think they paid a too, you know too steep of a price, even if it's just for a rental. All right, let's uh, let's jump right in and keep it moving here, and just give a little recap uh, a, a bit of a somber recap of the lakers uh past week here so the lakers uh finished the five game east coast trip uh two and three so not a great road trip unfortunately the end of that road trip uh featured uh the one point win against the pacers and then the pretty and I would say pretty embarrassing loss at the hands of a struggling Pelicans team that had come in losers of what 10 straight I think oh, before they were they were able to come from behind and you know beat us and then of course uh, returning home another very disappointing loss to a subpar thunder team that's featured like we talked about obviously a historic night from lebron and yet somehow we still find a way to come up a little bit short and the thing that's most frustrating about both those games is those were big opportunities for the lakers two teams that are just right in front of the lakers in the standings so they were wins that the lakers really needed to get and found a way to lose both of them so once again, the Lakers are five games below 500, <clears throat> sitting at 25 and 30, uh, still a few games back of the playoff picture. As we talked about, the trade deadline now is a day away, so we'll see if there's any more moves <clears throat> in store for the Lakers and what happens with the rest of the league to see how that shapes out the West. Anthony, um, do you think we yeah. should hit the admin for uh, some more IG trades? Because we haven't gotten one right yet. We haven't even gotten a player right yet in any of those trades. What do you think? Well, I was about to put this deal up, but it happened. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I think that I know, it man. was next on our list. <laughs> it was next on our list. Like, I mean, all joking aside, it, it was kind of, kind, kind of, next of on but our we, list. Had, we, we had, we had, we didn't we have the cool D-Lo part. Mike obviously. Conley coming to yeah. us and yeah, it wasn't a three team trade. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it doesn't matter. Like none of these trades we're putting up aren't even getting looked at. So way to go, Anthony. Way to go with your. I know, but for the record, for the record, mine, mine. Hey, for the record though, mine did have Vanderbilt in it, so at least I got that part right. 
need to tell the admin to stay off the sauce a little bit. I know, man. The admin is crazy, man. He does he does all kinds of wild things. Admin, man. But he, you know, he's his own entity. It's the three of us on the pod, and then you know we just feed him things, and then he just posts them. You know, yeah. like we all we all have. I don't think people understand that that we all have input onto what gets posted on our Matter of Stats IG and our Twitter. So whatever pops up on there, we all have input. So, yeah. Just so real quick, but before I. Like- yeah, but that, and that's 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 good to you know let them behind the curtain a little bit before uh, you guys give your input just on the re- last uh, couple of games. So for the Lakers to go, just another update for the Lakers to go and finish the season at least at five hundred. There's twenty seven games left, so we'd have to go sixteen and eleven just to finish five hundred. And based on the last two games where the Lakers gave up two hundred and sixty four points in two games it 16 and 11 doesn't sound unreasonable but you know i i i don't know and obviously this trade will help that but anyways your guys's thoughts well giving up games to teams like you know okc and the pelicans that that's just not going to do it we gave up what 134 last night something like that uh, 133 yeah Close yeah. enough. So, I mean, that that's not going to do it. And, you know, I, I don't know where Davis was last night. You know, everyone's saying the controversy and everything. I don't want to get too far into it, but it to me, it just looked like his head wasn't there. Like, I don't – there's reports of a, a bone spur and stuff like that, but to me, it looked like his head just – he just wasn't there. Like, his body was there, but his head wasn't there as somewhere else. I don't know. Hopefully, you know, everything's cool with him, but – uh yeah, I just don't know what happened there, but we definitely need him to be locked in and healthy to even have a major push, even after this uh, trade, which we'll get into soon. Um, Who's clicking their pen, though? Let me just ask that real quick. That you I, oh, I thought. So, uh, sorry. Yeah, that was me. Yeah, put your pen down because I can hear it. Well, because I'm uh, sorry, I was writing something. Sorry. I thought it was Kobe the whole time. No. My bad. Okay. Well, I'm actually right prepared side. over here. Anthony's fidgety. So no, I was John. I was jotting something down. Go ahead, Billy. <sighs> I got lost my train of thought. As far as the Pacers game, uh, I loved it. I, I loved the heart, the effort, um, the energy that the Lakers put into that win, especially down the stretch. Um, you know, Anthony, I know you're you're gonna bitch about it, but I liked it. Pat Bev came up big, four minutes remaining, plus uh, you know. A nice pick on Halliburton that was challenged. I love that pick. That was a good pick. Remember that pick? Yeah. A little like that like, was, where, where was, that like bef- was that just before he missed the two free throws that could have iced it? <laughs> oh, don't get me started on free throws. Don't get me started on free throws. I'm just saying, like, Pat Bev does his role. He plays his role. He comes through. He got the pick. He hit the big three-pointer. Everyone's been bitching about his three-point shooting all year long. He hit the threes. He got the pick. He played his defense, you know. And they got the win. So yeah, a one. Yeah, it was a, it was a one, finally a nice game out of Pat Bev, and we got a one point win. No, 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 fine, no, finally, because we got he got the big win against the Blazers too, the historic comeback. And you wanted to say that thing. You're like, oh, finally he got a big win. You know, like when we needed him, he had a Pat mm-hmm. Bev game. No, 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 no. So you can't sit here and say every time he has a good game, you can't be like, oh, well, finally Pat Bev showed up. No, I don't want to hear that. Like he shows up all the time you guys just pick and choose when you want it when he wins it's like oh yeah he's kind of whatever you know 
when he loses and he, you know, steps up and he tries to do his best, you, you want to like diminish that too. So be consistent. That's all I'm asking you. Well, he's inconsistent like a lot of the players in this team. Well, That's the last the I think the last, you know, the last few games, you know, probably like ten games or so, he's uh, we mentioned this last week where he's been playing really good. He he seems more comfortable with the team. And uh I, I like what he's doing. So um he, he had a rough start. I think he was just trying to feel his way through and and uh, study the guys and, and get used to being with these guys. And sometimes it takes a little time. So you can't really say a lot of bad things about him through the last, you know, 10 or so games. He's been doing a good job. So, Kobe, your feedback on the Pelicans and Thunder games? I mean, I just feel like the Lakers collapsed in the second half of that Pelicans game. You know, former Lakers, shout out B.I., came through and, you know, did his thing. Uh, we couldn't stop them and, uh, you know, we couldn't hit nothing. And we were, we were lazy in that second half of the Pelicans game. Uh, AD LeBron 80 now a game and a half since then has been acting really weird. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Um, LeBron definitely looks tired for sure. Um, you can see the age, obviously he wanted to come out and, uh, put on a big performance, uh, last night against the thunder, which is understandable. Um, you know, people can summon that kind of energy and that kind of uh, output uh, for, for that kind of moment. Um, but, yeah, I mean, what, what are you going to do? You know, um, you, can't, you can't be collapsing in the second half of games like this. It almost kind of reminds me of seven, eight years ago when me and Billy were constantly texting you, Anthony, about the mental game where we would just mentally like break down and collapse like that shouldn't be happening against uh uh teams like that so but shout out my b team the pelicans you know they got the win they came through and um you know what can you do but last night last night was a uh you know a game where i never felt like at any point in the game we were there with the exception of lebron doing anything lebron pretty much had his record in the third quarter at the end of the third quarter fourth quarter right. um it, it, it you know it should have been the team rallying behind lebron hey we got that done and out of the way let's get this win and it didn't happen and i don't, I, I don't know why like i mean all the way down to us just being lazy not playing d russ missing a lot of uh layups yeah both games obviously were very disappointing uh the defense in both games was lousy the effort was subpar uh, you know, you talked about LeBron being tired. He said after that Pelicans game that he was <laughs> tired, that he was just exhausted, you know, from, you know, from the whole trip. And obviously last night, it seemed like he had put so much energy into breaking the record that, you know, he looked a little spent in the fourth quarter, but, uh, yeah, I just, the, the effort, in, in, like I said earlier, in two games that the Lakers really needed to win, it was just really surprising and disappointing to see the effort and the fact that there was really no sense of urgency in either game, knowing that these were really big games to get, but winnable games, games that the Lakers had, especially the Pelicans game. They were up big uh, in that game uh, in the third quarter and just collapsed in the fourth. And some of that was effort. Some of that was, uh, you know, a little bit of the, you know, the defense had a tough time defending Ingram. We, we, we tried Beverly on him. We tried Troy Brown jr. On him and 
you know, they were just too small, not good enough to stop him, and he was just too hot. Uh, and then last night, it was just a collective effort. It wasn't just, you know, we didn't we didn't have the right matchup on one guy. It was just a pretty bad effort all the way around. And yeah, not sure what was happening with AD, if it was a physical thing or if there was something personal going on, you know, off the court that was bugging him. But he only had a 13 points in 30 minutes. Yeah. So it not- was really, it was a really weird, weird game for AD. It kind of reminds me around this time of year, uh, a few years ago, where we had like Coos and, you know, uh, Ingram and some of these other guys, like when the trade deadline hit, like, we just kind of fell apart for a few games. It, yeah, it, it could be that. Same kind of thing, doesn't it? It could be. I mean, it could have something to do with maybe somebody told him that, dude, uh, I heard that the Lakers were, you know, secretly just coming I mean, around and seeing if, you know, well, what they could get for you. Or who knows? At that, we don't well, at that time, at that time, just... crowd, at that time, crowds were like chanting, LeBron's going to trade you. Remember that? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, how would you I mean, feel about that? I don't mean not just AD. I mean the, the whole team because the effort's been horrible the last, like, road trip. I mean, the last five games. Do you think the trade deadline – and these are older guys too, you know. These, these, these other guys were younger and stuff. But do you think the trade deadline might have hit some of these guys a different way? It's possible. I mean, even take a guy like Pat Bev, right? He's been around the block. But how many times has he been traded? He could be like, man, am I going to get traded again? Yeah, I don't in the, in I don't the middle think, of the season. Yeah, I don't think it hit Pat Bev much. I don't think it hit Russ much because um, Russ and Pat Bev were still out there putting out their all. Yeah, no, Even but I just, maybe maybe, maybe AD heard our like Peyton and Jay Crowder trade proposal. AD was out there putting it. Putting <laughs> that, in was it. Until, like, <laughs> that was it. That was it. That was it. He heard our. We AD. solved the mystery. <laughs> AD was putting saying, it work like, until the last. That's the only thing that makes sense. So it's just weird that. You know, yeah, no, you you might be right. You might be right, Bill. Um, that being said, I think that is a great segue into um, the next topic I want to bring segue. up to you guys. That word. Segue. So obviously, you know, we know all the reports about the Lakers trying to land Kyrie last week over the weekend. He wanted to be a Laker. All the buzz got <laughs> kicked back up and, you know, apparently we try to make a deal. Maybe we offered this, maybe we offered that. Maybe it was never going to happen because the Nets owner just refused to trade him to us. Who knows? All that aside, we didn't get him. So you were ready ready to trade and fire the whole organization. I still, well, like I said, I would have traded whatever it took to get him, but maybe they did. And it just wasn't enough because it was, they just were not going to let it happen. But nonetheless, it didn't happen. So even, I got to try to move on. So the, you know, we pivot today. We make the trade to get rid of Russ, bring in, bring D'Angelo Russell back, bring in Malik Beasley, bring in Vanderbilt. Um, Obviously we did have to give up some draft compensation. Like we mentioned earlier, we gave up the 2027 first round pick. It is top four protected. So, what that means is if it lands in the top four, then we keep it. If it lands outside of the top four, then it would go um, in the trade. So, uh, so real quick, want to get your guys, you know, thoughts on this. Um, and if you think we're done between now and tomorrow, um, 
But D'Lo obviously brings a nice little, you know, we know D'Lo obviously from his time here. Um, you know, he's 18 and six on the season. Uh, the thing that is nice is he makes almost three threes a game. Malik Beasley, uh, a slightly bigger guard at about six, five or so. Uh, he's averaging 13 and three. He makes over three threes a game and Vanderbilt, a guy that I actually really like, he's a nice, you know, a nice, uh, athletic big, he's like six, nine, but he's, you know, he's, he's a, he's a hustle guy, right? He's eight points, eight rebounds, tremendous rebounder plays defense. This Laker team has been just pretty bad the last month or so rebounding the basketball. And I think he'll help with that. So what are your guys thoughts on the trade? You like it? Uh, what do you think, uh, Kobe? Well, funny that you bring up Vanderbilt there for a second. So I'll just, I'll just uh, piggyback on that for a split second here. So he's a, like he's, what, he's a Kobe guy, right? You, he's one of you, you like those kind of guys, right? Yes, 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 I do. I do. As long as that's what they're about, as long as that is who they are as a basketball player. Um, what I don't like is guys that are only that way in certain scenarios. And then when they maybe go to another team that, isn't that invested in those areas, they kind of slack off too. So for I'll give you an example. So right now, Vanderbilt is averaging 8.3 points, just like you said. Um, he's, you know, about eight rebounds a game. But he's only shooting 65% from the free throw line. He's only a 28% three-point shooter. I know, he's not a three-point shooter. So he's, he's going to do those nitty-gritty things. But the problem is, is no one on this Laker team does the nitty-gritty things. So is yes. he going to just show up and be like, oh, well, no one else is doing it. Why the hell am I going to do it? And, you know, are, are all these efforts, you know, just going to waste anyway? You know, so that's what kind of uh, scares me about, you know, putting a guy into a scenario like that. Um because if it's a culture thing, a guy like him is perfect because he's, it's just going to, you know, um, it's just going to reinforce those good behaviors and, and make him feel like, you know what, my, my, my contributions are important. My, my eight rebounds a game are important, but we've seen this time and time again with guys that come to the Lakers, they come to Hollywood and, you know, uh, they get a little bit lax and they get a little bit, yeah. more, you know, so that's the only thing I will say about a guy like him. Again, same thing with D'Lo. I like D'Lo. I've always liked D'Lo. Um, obviously, I don't think a lot of Laker fans <clears throat> really uh, wanted to get rid of rid of D'Lo. There were some circumstances that popped up. Plus, we drafted Lonzo, and it didn't really make sense to have Lonzo and D'Lo both, you know, six 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 five six six guards, uh, mm-hmm. uh, point guards for us. So, um, obviously, we traded him. But uh, I'm glad to have him back. Give him a second shot to see what he can do. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it works from what I'm seeing, uh, all over IG and Twitter and, and everywhere, you know, front office making some moves, you know, where, we're 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 doing things that, um, you know, are low risk, high reward for this season, for the future. So to me that, uh, you know, makes sense. And, you know, Anthony, I think you owe Robin an apology. What do you think? Um, <laughs> No, I no. Don't. Oh, look, I'm, I'm only impressed. if we would have got Kyrie, right? Well, look, if yeah. I told you, if he would have pulled off like the home run out of the box trade that no one saw coming, I would have been like, okay, you know what? I stand corrected. Maybe, maybe he, 
you know, is smarter than everybody thinks he is. But well, well, nobody saw either of these trades coming. Yeah, the, but look, this three-team all, trade or the Rui trade. Yeah, so look, all, give all joking. Look, all joking aside, there were a lot of rumors swirling about us making a deal with Utah, and nobody saw the D'Lo aspect of it. You know, we've heard over the last couple of days, Conley, Vanderbilt, and Beasley. But to to flip Conley for D'Lo, I think that's a, a real big upgrade. I think D'Lo is a far better fit than Conley. Uh, what I like is that both these guys give you about six threes combined a game. That's yeah. something that we've been lacking, high-volume shooters. Yeah. And you're right. It is it is low risk because D'Lo's a free agent at the end of the year, and Beasley and Vanderbilt have very manageable peanuts on the dollar peanuts on the dollar for next year. So it still keeps, it still keeps that, you know, door just cracked open enough. If the Lakers wanted to try to bring in another, you know, big name star, I'm not going to say Kyrie. I'm just saying in general, who knows, right? There's a few names that'll be out there, you know, your boy Draymond, whatever I'm just saying, but at least it keeps the door open. So it doesn't completely write us off from doing something in the summer. And like I mentioned in the, in the question here, I don't know if the Lakers are done. You got till uh, noon Thursday and Beverly and Lonnie Walker can still combine for about $20 million that can bring back one more good player, a Bogdanovich, a Gary Trent. Well, well, that's the problem. When you say good, what do you mean? Good. Because well, sorry. Because, okay, fine, fine, fine. Yeah. Good is subjective. You're right. Fine. Let me let me rephrase. No, no, Kobe's right. Let me rephrase. It can bring back another wing player because wing, well, still... no, no, no. Player subjective to wing what? Wing defender or wing shooter? <laughs> well, both. Right. I mean, oh. Bogdan Bogdanovich is a wing that can defend and shoot. So is Gary Trent Jr. Um, you know, just just to you know throw a couple names out there. Do either of those guys provide what Pat Bev does though? It depends on what you're looking for. Okay. Well, there you go. So I think I think we're done as far as trades because the, the, the fact that we even squeezed out two trades before the actual day of the deadline, that, that that's like a miracle because the last two years we didn't do shit. So the fact that we brought in two trades before the deadline, that 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 is like, oh, my God. And so, you know what, Kobe? Yeah. I would agree with you wholeheartedly, except the only reason why I'm saying there's a chance is because we're still a bit guard heavy because you got now – you got D'Lo. But D'Lo's a big guard. Schroeder. But, I, but still, I know, but, but still, just hear me out for a second. You still got D, You got D'Lo. Mm-hmm. You got Beasley. You mm-hmm. got Schroeder. You got Pat Bev. You got Lonnie Walker. You got Austin Reeves. All yes, big guards except yes all, correct. All big You're right. guards except for Schroeder. You're right. But, but and, we are and, still guard heavy. So that's why to move two for a wing, I'm not going to say it's – I'm not going to rule it out. That's all I'm saying. Okay, uh, and, you're, and, you're, and you're interchanging three different trades at the deadline and hope that you guys are going to, like, muster up some sort of continuity to win a championship? I, I think we're done right here. I, I, I didn't say it was not coming without a little bit of risk, but we're five games under 500, so maybe change is what is needed. So you could argue both sides of that. But, but you don't want to do too much change. That's all I'm saying. And we, we've already done two trades now in the past two weeks. That probably is enough where you're not overdoing it, but you're also not not making moves either. That's yeah. all. I know. Well, this this will tie like into the, the possibly the perfect balance here. Correct, and we'll get into this a little bit at the at the end here when we get our little final segment. But I want to get Billy's. Kobe, I think you're right. This 
probably is our final deal. But if we were to make a final deal and you're going to ask me, oh, you know, where you trade this or this, I'd probably keep Beverly and maybe try to trade Walker and Reeves. Um, I like, I just like, I think Beverly's more of an asset if you're thinking in the now. So um, I'd, I, if we're going to do something, I'd rather do that. I know, I know Reeves is a good young up and coming player. I know you like to uh, try to develop guys and stuff like that. But if, if we're thinking in the now, which is, you know, LeBron's thinking and, you know, a lot of Lakers fans thinking and, you know, it should be um, in the now meaning, you know, this year and maybe next year, right? So Beverly's been a big asset. Yeah, he's had a slow start, but he's been showing a lot more. And, he, you know, like you said, he's, he's coaching on the bench. He's doing stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like – I'm not ecstatic about the deal we did. I, I was looking for something a, a little bigger. But um, the pick is protected, which is not bad. Um, you know, we we, you know, we had to get rid of Russ. It, it wasn't there wasn't a question that was you know it was just wasn't a good fit. I I, so, I didn't hear until we got onto this pod and real quick, Anthony. I know you'll elaborate for us, but I didn't hear onto the, in, until I got onto this pod about the JTA part. So JTA's gone too with Damian. Yeah, and yeah JTA oh. and Damian Jones. Yes. Um, to just just to because obviously we're bringing three players aboard we have to get rid of it we had to get rid of at least two and, and to make the the monies add up um jta i like jta but obviously he was not a part of the rotation and yeah. the to me the a very underrated part of this trade is throwing damian jones in there not because he was worthless but he had another year left yeah. on his deal so <laughs> that to me was actually one of the most savvy parts of this trade was getting rid of his granted it wasn't a lot but his two and a half million that was on the books for next year uh i i think was actually a pretty smart little move there to get him in the deal i i i didn't know that this front office made savvy and neither did i (laughs) oh well how about that maybe maybe hey like you said earlier maybe he was looking at some of our trades because i put damian jones in like three of them (laughs) yeah well subscribe to the pod because uh we talk a little bit about that (laughs) overall it's a good deal we bring shooting side and uh you know i think it it evens out our our balances out our roster so um i I don't think this will take long for guys to get acquainted with each other and uh yeah here's the real question billy how long before anthony has two of the three in the trade machine well i want to know how long before oh so we get the text like oh th- why do we have this guy and this guy rob brought on a bunch of bums i should have known when i won they did this trade yeah i can see well it hey like i said it's a smart move it's not a game changer but it does it is it is an improvement it's a step in the right direction so i will i will I, say I, that <laughs> um so recently of course in some of these losses last uh you know week or so Ham's taken a lot of criticism for some of his lineups and rotations, particularly at the end of games. So I want to ask you guys now that let's just assume the dust has settled. You guys are right. And we don't, we don't make another small move uh, by the deadline. This is the lineup. This is the roster. These are the guys we we're going to roll with, you know, at least, you know, tentatively. What do you guys think is the Lakers new starting lineup? 
and what would you guys like to see as the closing lineup if it's different than your starting lineup? I I think you could interchange what I'm about to say right now. So Davis and James, both ways, right? Right. Elo, I can go starting, closing because um, they can all make free throws, they can all make plays, they can all stretch the floor, right? right. Assuming Davis starts trying to take a little bit more threes. Um, you can interchange Rui and, and Beasley, and you can interchange uh, uh, Beverly and uh, uh, maybe Schroeder or Beasley as well. Okay. So, so, so your, your, your starting you lineup, so to speak. Starting you. or starting or closing. Okay. Um, I like to, you know, I like to kind of feel the third quarter. Uh, me personally, I like to feel how how the game's going towards the end of the third, uh, beginning of the fourth, and go with the hot hand to close the game. Okay, Kobe, what do you think? What do you think is going to be the the new lineup? Well, did you did you put starting lineup in the new updated agenda? I don't think you did. I did, yeah. Okay, well, you popped me because I wasn't ready for that. But, uh, I mean, my mine could be a starting or a finishing or both, you know? Yeah, so, yeah. What do you – just what do you think? So, I think that the lineup should be Dennis, Bev, Rui, AD, LeBron. And that could easily be your closing lineup as well. Uh, gives you size and length. Puts one of your uh, better defenders from the sense of being a uh, deterrent and giving you the intensity and effort in Pat Bev. Uh, and Dennis has shown us at times this season that he can, you know, lock down on guys when needed or get a strip uh, from behind in the final seconds, you know, to, to make a game-winning play. So I like those guys. I know, you know, we're bringing in um, Vanderbilt and we're bringing in Beasley and maybe those guys can show us something. But, you know, we're, we're, we're more than halfway through the season now at this point. And uh, based on what I see, I think that would be the lineup I would go with until somebody else shows me different. Anthony. Anthony, I, do, you, do you think with the players we have now, with the balance of size and, and stuff like that, do you think Ham will finally go away with that three guard? Well, that's kind of why I was saying I would be okay with us doing one more trade because if we could get rid of a couple more guards, it mitigates the possibility of of going with those three guard lineups. Kobe, I, I apologize. Did you say D'Lo was in your lineup or not in your lineup? No, he had Schroeder. So you have D'Lo coming off the bench? Oh well, no. I'm sorry because I I didn't realize that we you I didn't realize that we had to add the starting lineup in this. So I was gonna leave my closing lineup as LeBron, AD, Rui, Bev, Dennis because I don't really trust D'Lo sometimes on defense. So as oh, my closing as my I closing see. lineup, I would have those five on the floor. Um, my five could work as a starting lineup from time to time. But, you know, I could see um, definitely D'Lo interchanging with Dennis. I wouldn't, I wouldn't pull Bev out of the starting lineup. That's just from an energy, um, you know, defense uh, effort standpoint, I would keep Bev in the starting lineup. I, I think the starting lineup is going to be really interesting because it could go a lot of different ways. Obviously, LeBron. Oh, just like everybody loves, huh? a lot of different ways. We well, no, I'm just saying. Lineups. Well, ah. which I don't know. I agree that we need to have a consistent rotation. I, I think that has plagued us the last couple of years. But my point is, obviously, LeBron and AD are going to be in the starting lineup. So you could go D'Lo, Vanderbilt, and you know Beasley if you wanted to go with a little more size. 
you could go with uh, Rui instead of Vanderbilt and, and Beasley at the two, or you could do what you're suggesting and keep Beverly in the lineup at the two and have Rui or Vanderbilt at the four with AD. So you have more size and versatility. Uh, for me right now, my starting lineup would be D'Lo, Beasley, LeBron, Rui, and Anthony Davis. That would be my five. I don't, I doubt that's going to be the actual starting five, but that would be my starting five. Okay. So Billy, Billy, weren't you just saying on the last episode, you, you don't like all this tinkering, you know, we're already like more than halfway through the season. You don't like the tinkering. You don't like that. We're playing with lineups. I know we just got, we had a trade, but that's the, that's the gift and the curse about making trades, especially multiple trades leading into the deadline. And now you're wanting, wanting to make a third trade tomorrow, Anthony, like, please. Well, like, but, this, here, this but here's my point. Much, but I know, you're right. But here's my point. But if we're still guard heavy, then it makes sense. Right? Yeah. Well, and it's not so much that we're even guard heavy. It's, it's goes back to the three guard lineup and it goes back to, I'm concerned that ham as a rookie head coach, still learning, figuring some things out. Is he going to be able to manage the right line? Is he going to be able to make the right decisions? Because now we are a little bit deeper, a little bit more talented, but because there's so many guards, you can't play them all. So is he going to be able to manage who should be starting, who should be finishing? When does Lonnie Walker get minutes? When does Reeve get minutes? How does Beverly and Beasley now get minutes? How do you play Rui and Vanderbilt? So that's well, why that's why I'm saying I think it helps everybody, including Ham, to make his decision-making process easier if you could take two guards and flip them into one guy. Okay, before we uh, head out, let's make sure we give our little Super Bowl picks and predictions here for the big game on Sunday that features my Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. So uh, we'll let Billy go first. Billy, what's your prediction? Uh, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Obviously, I have, I have friends on both sides of the spectrum here. So, um, Anthony, I, I, you know, for you, I, I hope. You know, I, I, I kind of hope your team does win, but if a betting man, I'm going to go with the Chiefs. I just – I I like Pat Mahomes. Um, I know he's got the, the high ankle sprain, but he's had a couple weeks. So, uh, he's able to make things happen that other quarterbacks can't. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he's got Kelsey. He's got a, he's got a full, full squad there. The only thing that bothers me is the Chiefs' defense. Um, that's the one edge that uh, the Eagles have is they have a better defense in the chiefs i feel um uh, but i i still like i still like the composure uh of mahomes in this kind of situation um i'm sure hurts is going to have uh you know as long as the team stays together he's going to he's going to have other opportunities so um i i like mahomes and and the chiefs in this in this game Cole? well i'll just have you guys both know that uh this is how i planned it all out you know, I, I picked against Pat Mahomes all post. Oh, here comes the script. Just, <laughs> just so he could get to the Super Bowl and defeat Anthony's Eagles. This is how I planned it. Okay. What a, you what a the, treat. You, you were picking the Bengals the whole time. Don't start. No, I know. I just said I picked against them. I picked against the Chiefs. You know, so this is just how I drew it up. Yeah, so he took all the pressure off Mahomes is what he's saying. 
So okay. now, now he's the reason. Okay. I get it. Got it. So um, now, if I want to see Pat Mahomes win his second Super Bowl ring, I got to pick against him and ride with Anthony and his Eagles. Oh, that's your theory. But there's no way in hell I'm doing that. So let's go Chiefs. Okay. <laughs> okay, Drake. <laughs> All right. Uh, obviously, I, th- I think it's going to be a heck of a game. I am... Uh, you know, worried about the Chiefs. I I would have much rather faced the Bengals. I I just think they would have been an easier opponent. Um, and Andy Reid, Kelsey, obviously Mahomes. They have an excellent squad. Uh, I'm hoping, like Billy said, that the difference is going to be our defense. You know, we led the league in sacks. We had a, a historical year with 70 sacks as a team. We had four guys with at least 10 sacks on the season. So hopefully we can put a lot of pressure on him and make life life difficult and our running game can keep their offense off the field a little bit and we can find a way to win. So I think we're going to win. I hope we're going to win, but it's going to be really, really tough, really, really close. And obviously if the chiefs win, that would not surprise me, but I'm, I'm hoping for a good game. We find a way to pull it out. Sounds good. All right, well, we'll see you there. Make sure you have my steak and lobster. Um, make sure you have us uh, poured up, me and Billy, and uh, yeah. Yep, ba- bagel bites and O'Doul's. They'll be ready. We'll, <laughs> we'll see you at the Matter of Stats headquarters. <laughs> oh, God. All right, well, I think that's enough for uh, this week. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. Check out the pod anywhere you get your podcasts. Check us out on Twitter, IG, and YouTube. Peace. Good night.